at the beginning of 2017, I did an episode about podcasts. I think I called it a podcast roundup. It was just about what I loved listening to at the time, the different genres I saw emerging in a growing world. But man, that podcasting world was minuscule compared to what it is today. So I thought a refresher might be in order. What are your favorite podcasts? If I asked you this question 10 years ago, you may have looked at me kind of funny. Now it's a pretty easily answered question. We have all our preferred genres and things we are loyal to, myself included. So I asked a bunch of different people around me what they were into. Here is what they said. My favorite podcast at the moment is called Lore. It is exactly what it sounds like. It's a compilation of folklore and myths and legends and old history. And it's just, it's a little bit spooky, but it's also just really, really interesting, especially if you are a big history fan like I am. My favorite podcast has got to be Comedy Bang Bang on the Earwolf Network. It's uh, a show where they bring on some of the most talented and genuinely hilarious comedy actors or writers, performers, uh, who either come on as themselves and kind of a parody of your standard, you know, radio interview show, or uh, as a character which they've generally just come up with, you know, minutes beforehand. If you're a fan of comedy, even in general, I cannot recommend Comedy Bang Bang enough. The podcast After Things, uh, it's a supplement podcast to the show Weird Things, which talks about everything from weird tech stories to weird cryptozoology stories. But After Things is the podcast they do after that, where they talk about what it means to be a creative in the modern industry. They talk about everything from promotions to mailing lists to different strategies that they've used, both ones that have worked and ones that do not work as well. The Adventure Zone is a podcast by the McElroy brothers, Griffin, Justin, and Travis, as well as their father, Clint. Uh, they play Dungeons & Dragons together with Griffin as the Dungeon Master, who, in my opinion, is a huge inspiration for my own Dungeons & Dragons game. Uh, they're they're all incredibly funny people and they have this crazy dynamic that makes it both really hilarious and emotionally heavy. The end of the Adventure Zone, the first storyline, I was actually sitting in my driveway crying, a good cry, like over the, the heartfelt love and just storytelling that they accomplished together. I'm not usually a huge podcast guy, but I am obsessed with Bill Burr's podcast. I just love the fact that he just rambles about stuff for like 45 minutes at a time, once a week, and he just says whatever is on his mind. No reason, he just keeps talking and talking, and it's just great for road trips. My favorite shows right now, besides the classics I've carried on for the past decade, aka This American Life, Radio Lab, and Stuff You Should Know, are shows called Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Ask Eliza Anything, and Jonathan Goldstein's latest called Heavyweight. Look for a mini-episode on those coming soon. When I was messaging people to get them to send audio about their favorite shows, it hit me. I have a friend who is a fellow podcaster and just as enthusiastic about the art form as I am. His name is Chad Ellis. You may remember him from my episode on his hike across America on the Pacific Crest Trail. Since we talked two years ago, Chad has created a successful fiction podcast called Station Blue. We chatted all about his podcast, the evolution of the genre, fiction pods, our favorite shows to listen to, and more. 
All right. So last time we talked, we were talking about something completely different. We were talking about you hiking across the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, so how did you get from there to here to doing a podcast? How did you decide that's what you wanted to do? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, a lot of it was on accident. I moving to LA, I was trying to figure out what to do with my spare time because I originally wasn't planning on staying here longer than a year. Um, and while I was here, I was like, oh, I should work on something. So I was going to improvise uh, a horror show about a security guard in Antarctica uh, into my iPod. And my one of my coworkers um, wanted to produce it. And I didn't even know what that meant. But so she would said, okay, go get go bring me like a season outline. And so I did. And then she's like, now bring me a script. And I said, well, I was just going to improvise this. I don't know how to write. And so she said, no, I need a script. And so I spent like a year pretty much learning how to write. I'd give her scripts and she would rip them to pieces. And in the process of learning how to write and then figuring out how I was going to record it, I kind of got sucked into podcasts uh, since that's how I was going to release it. And it wasn't until I was getting ready to record the first episode of Station Blue that I kind of found the community of other fiction podcasters. So do you think the community is part of what sets podcasting apart from other mediums of entertainment? Well, yeah, the the fiction community is, uh, it resembles other creative communities I've been a part of, you know, through theater or other art forms. But this one is the most positive and supportive one I've ever been a part of. And I think that's because the nature of a fiction podcast, like a year of effort for me, you can probably listen to in a, within a couple days if you're really dedicated and listening to the show. And then it's going to take me a year to make another couple days worth of listening material. And I want you to ideally still be attached to that for, that medium a year later when I put that out. And so I am much more likely to pass you off to another show that I like that I think is similar to mine. And then they're going to pass you on to another show. I never thought about that. I totally do that too. Like I'll be listening to a podcast and they'll recommend another one. And I feel like I fall into a hole, but it's like a really good hole to me. in. Yeah. So a dedicated listener in the fiction world um, can listen to most of the big shows within two months. And then there there will be enough content to keep them going throughout the year. Uh, but probably their favorite shows, you know, they could listen to every single episode from their favorite shows within a month. Most of us are not professionals, and we don't have a specific background in this. So we're all doing it in new, weird ways. And so when you see someone who's doing something better than you, or something that you didn't think about, you do get really excited about it. And it's fun to talk with other creative people. But on top of that, it really behooves us to support each other and shout each other out and participate in the community, because those are the people who are keeping your audience engaged in the medium. So for people who haven't heard the show, what is your elevator pitch? What is your synopsis? Um, It is an Antarctic isolation horror. Uh, It follows Matthew Leeds, who's a 20-something burnout, who's never quite been able to grab, to get a grasp on what life is about and what he's supposed to be doing with it. Instead of going into a cabin in the woods, he applies for this job to go down and work in Antarctica. And in his mind, it's going to be this great experience because he doesn't really like people. Um, And when he goes down there, he pretty much has to deal with himself and just the being alone in a weird building. 
uh, out on the ice when nobody really knows you're out there. It is horror that I think people who don't like horror could and do enjoy, because I'm not trying to scare you most of the time. Uh, and when I do try to scare you, it's in a way that I've set up to to mean something. It's not just meaningless. Like, I, I don't have, like, you know, bloody bodies or something just popping out. It, it's a, It's usually set up in such a way where it's any of the horror that I'm putting in there kind of matches with his uh, his journey. So with my show, like my show is it's a horror story. It's a love story. Uh, but really what it is, is it's me going into my experience with uh, bipolar two disorder and just being like, cool, without telling anyone this is bipolar two disorder. Let me try to make a show that communicates what that experience is like in a way that I hope for one is entertaining, but also gives people understanding and empathy for other people who have mental illness and for other people who experience similar things to know that they're not alone, that there's someone else out there who's at least thinking something somewhat similar. So you're talking about your podcast dealing with your struggles with mental illness. How did you decide that is what you wanted your show to be about? For me, since this was the first proper creative project I was doing by myself and I was working really hard at it, my own experience just naturally leaked into it in a way that I didn't even expect. Like there were some times I tried to do it intentionally, but a lot of times it was just when you put your heart and soul into a work, it's going to reflect your heart and soul and your experience. A lot of people would expect my show to be about a descent into madness because it's about a 20 something who takes a contract working in Antarctica and he gets dropped off at a research station and they say, the scientists are going to be here in six weeks. You're alone. There's a checklist in there with everything you need to know to get this place up and running. And so they're going, oh, cool. Antarctica, the thing, he's going to go crazy. Uh, But that's not how crazy people work. Crazy people are just crazy. And oftentimes when you throw really intense experiences at them, they handle it better because they're used to their brain producing really intense experiences. So I I think that was something as I was writing it, as I was going is the main character almost became more assured and more focused as the environment around him twisted in ways that he didn't quite understand. Okay, so then what are the most important aspects to a fiction podcast? Sound design, script, or do they all kind of have to work together? Uh, I think the most important thing is the vision of the creator. Uh, You can do things that would cost millions and more in TV or movies for very little money uh, in fiction podcasts or just podcasts in general like i was able to make a helicopter off of a dryer and a lawnmower um and that accessibility allows a lot of marginalized creators to tell their story in a way that is true to them because there's there's nobody who can cut off funding for them because most of them don't have funding they're doing it in a closet and so that i think is the most important thing like i i've heard shows with really impressive studio level sound design and stories that are really good but they're not touching in the same way where some of these shows recorded on 90 dollar usb mics um with minimal sound design are even if the the main the the lead person who's often the the person who created the podcast even if they're not the best actor just being able to hear stories that you've never heard before 
I think is a strength in the medium because everybody has a new way to tackle it. I wanted to ask you because you were talking about something you did creatively to make up sound. How does your sound design process work and what is your favorite sound you've made? Which sounds like a really funny question, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So I have no sound design experience and I live with several musicians who know a lot when it comes to sound and music and editing. Um, and so I, I kind of had a high bar I was, I was trying to reach. Originally, I wasn't planning on the show having a lot of sound design at all. Uh, but when I made the first e- episode, like you listen to the first scene of the show, and I just kept adding more and more and more because it's this pilot in an airplane outside in Antarctica and a storm is starting to blow in and he's saying, hey, we need to get out of here. Uh, so for me, I mean, the first thing I made that I was excited about was just taking two people who weren't in the same room or recording at the same time and splicing their dialogue together so that it sounded like they were having a conversation. That was really exciting. Walk me through your process of making an episode. Okay, so first step is writing it, which for me is the most work, which might take two weeks if I'm really on my game. Um, and then usually the moment I finish the script and I go through it two or three times and I, I think it's good, I will wait until 1 or 2 a.m. and I will go to the closet in the center of my house that we've uh, kind of turned into a recording booth, and I'll record the episode. The next day I will edit my dialogue down so that I because there's going to be times I I make obvious mistakes or there will be times where I have like two or three different takes on a line and I'm not sure which one will work in the moment so at that point the goal is to just like without thinking about it too much cut out the space in between cut out the the obvious bad takes and then piece them together in a way that I'm going to want to keep it Uh, at that point I move into sound design so usually when I go into a scene the first thing I want to do is set the first bit of ambience so like if you're in a kitchen Uh, Some sounds you might hear would be like a refrigerator, uh, maybe the electricity from some light. So I'll lay those down. And then from there, it's making this specific sound design. So like, for example, if you're in your kitchen and you pick up a bowl and you open the fridge and you open a drawer, going and recording all of those things with my field recorder and then editing them in as I do. Um, Getting all the specifics in there can quickly add 10, 12 or more tracks And so it just gets more and more robust the more specific you get. Um, And then I'll listen to it until I don't even know what it sounds like anymore because I'm just so deep in it. And at that point, I'll usually render it. So I turn it into an MP3 file. uh, And then I put it up on my podcast website and I go to Twitter and say, hey, this thing is up. And that's, that's making an episode in the nuttiest of nutshells. What is the response that you're getting, and were you expecting to get such a response? Oh, no, no, not not at all. So I was planning on not worrying about audience for the first year of making the show. I was just going to worry about making it, which is still largely my mentality, but the audience really came. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I was expecting a lot more negative reception to the show. The horror movies I like, a lot of people don't like. Movies like The Descent or um, Babadook, just just movies that usually have messages behind them and are slow burn, so they might take a really long long time to reveal even what the horror is. I really like those, and I know a lot of people don't. And especially, I didn't know... some. I wasn't expecting the main character to be terribly likable. I was. I wanted him to be relatable because I needed you to build empathy for him. 
um, because otherwise, if, if something bad is happening to somebody, something someone you don't care about, then you're just listening to somebody suffer. Um, but yeah, so I was expecting way more negative response, and I've gotten a little bit of that of people going, "Oh, I'm four episodes in, nothing has happened. I'm so bored." Uh, but the response has been just massively po- positive, and people really like the main character. And people consider fiction podcasting to be really niche. A lot of people don't even realize that it exists. So even with that audience, they're so dedicated that I think it's easier for a new podcaster to build an audience because they're jumping from show to show to show, especially if you can make something that will resonate with people. So I've always been very interested, even when I was a kid, in like radio plays, things like that. So if I or someone who was listening wanted to start a fiction podcast, what would you say? What would you recommend we figure out before getting started? Yeah, I think the first important thing is to look at your resources and figure out the best the best show you could make with those resources. And if you're able to make a good show with those resources, that's why my show is largely a one person show. And it's a show with a lot of storytelling, um, because those were the resources. That was the type of show that I could make really good. So I, I think that's a good thing to start with. I, I've seen people I've, where people, I think, fall apart is they'll make shows where they're like, I need to rent a studio and I need 10 good actors that I want to pay and I don't know how to sound design so I need to hire a sound design and now you're looking at like thousands of dollars and you're working two part-time jobs and living in an expensive city so it's like well that's that's not sustainable you might not be making a show with all those extra resources that people are going to want to listen to more than the one that you could do in your closet so first of all I, I would say do that What are some of the podcasts that you've been listening to lately? Uh, lately, I, I'm, I'm mostly listening to fiction shows, uh, and I can listen to them pretty quickly. Right now, uh, The Far Meridian is a show that I really like to suggest to people. Um, they're 10-minute episodes. It's The first episode follows this uh, agoraphobic girl who's living in a lighthouse, and one day she wakes up and the lighthouse isn't where it was the day before. Um, which means she doesn't have any power and she doesn't have her grocery guy who comes back. And so it's you can listen to the show pretty quick, but the sound design is incredible. The producer, Misha Stanton, uh, does LeVar Burton Reads. Uh, and their, their work is just fantastic on any of their shows. But Eli Barraza, who's the writer of it and the performer, just does a really stunning job. Um, of of having this character come out of their shell but still be themselves and you get to hear different stories as it's going on so i'm loving the far meridian another show super ordinary is another show where the the episodes are like 10 to 12 minutes and it is a it takes place in a version of our world where you have people with superpowers and some of them dress up like heroes but there's this uh, girl who's kind of a notorious supervillain. And at a, I, I think it's in New York, there's a major news publication, and one of them gets a package that are a series of tapes um, from this supervillain saying, hey, this is my story, you guys are getting a lot wrong and you don't know me. And you learn that she's actually a high school girl who has a lot of anxiety and whose powers are triggered by anxiety, uh, which has caused these first events that got her labeled as a supervillain and had her on the run. 
Uh, but I like both of those shows as intros to the fiction world because they have really nice sound design, but it's not it's not like an action movie. So if you're accustomed to listening to talk podcasts, it is kind of a natural way to go in. And they aren't very long. Like you can listen to the first season of Super Ordinary in an hour and a half. Um, and then usually you get on those and then you get hungry for more and you start getting on the longer shows and it's just a spiral from there. This is a great conversation because I love talking to someone who is so passionate about podcasts. It's amazing. Oh, I I can keep you. Tell me what you like and I will find fiction pods that match it. I've been very obsessed with this podcast called Oh No, Ross and Carrie. And they basically investigate weird claims and pseudoscience. Um, They joined Scientology Undercover, joined a bunch of different churches. They went down to Costa Rica and did ayahuasca and then yesterday I was listening to their nine hour series on flat earth Um, but I've basically been yeah into like debunking weird science and things like that well there's a lot of good weird fringe stuff but I would start because it's kind of related to what you do there's a show called Arden and it's it's a fiction podcast it is it's supposed to be like a true crime podcast about a Hollywood starlet who disappeared and was maybe murdered in, I think, the 90s or early 2000s. They're they're not real. Um, But so you have this journalist, much like yourself, who's very excited because this is kind of their big break. They have this whole like 10 episode podcast that they're going to do. And then it's uh, their studio is quickly bought up by an eccentric billionaire who grabs the head police officer on that case back in the day who had a rivalry with this journalist and forces them to be co-hosts together all the while throwing random wrenches in their problems. So it's like a true, it's a fictional true crime podcast that subverts a lot of the true crime and it's hilarious, but it has that mystery element that keeps you going and you get to hear all the theories going in because there's, you know, the episodes are all, you know, this person did it, that person did it, aliens did it, horses did it. Like, they, they go through a list and it has a beautiful ending, too. I think it's 12 episodes total. I know that every phone right now basically has a podcast app specifically built into the phone. But tell me how people can find you and your work and your show. Go to your podcast app and look up Station Blue. Uh, it's It'll be my show. I promise you it'll be my show. Um, it, it'll have 11 episodes. Start listening uh, w- with the earliest uploaded file, which are the preludes in episode one, because it's a fiction show, which means it goes in order. Um, if you don't have one of those apps, go to stationbluepodcast.com, and I just have the front page is just all of the episodes in order, and you can just hit play and listen to it. Um, if you have Twitter or Instagram, follow the show at Station Blue Pod. You'll get a lot of like, I'll, I'll be recommending shows like Wild, and I, I talk a lot about the process. Um, and then if you're interested in learning more about this and kind of getting behind the scenes, I have a Patreon, which is where I get a lot of my funding from, where if you go to patreon.com and look up Station Blue, it'll say Chad Ellis is creating horror podcasts. And you can look up some of my stuff on there. Thank you so much to Chad Ellis for geeking out about podcasts with me and to everyone else who sent an audio sharing your favorites. 
If you want to go back to my 2017 podcast on podcasts or my interviews with the guys from Stuff You Should Know, which is still going strong over 10 years now, or the Gilmore guys, who both have other successful shows now, you can catch those at WGNRadio.com. Just search Artistic License. Find more about all of my art at RachelWoodallMedia.com. I'm Rachel Woodall. Until next time, this has been Artistic License. Artistic License.